Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Molly, thanks for being a part of the program. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in you. It's interesting to see where you came from and the, just the changes that have been made in your life. Tell, tell me a little bit about what, what was going on in your life before you came to Heartlight. Well, I don't really know where to start. I've really been suppressing most of my life. Mm. Most of my life was all about suppression and how I could suppress what I'm feeling and different ways that I could cover up everything. So, you know, it started with appearance. So I started, like, you know, wearing lots of makeup at a young age and just coloring Mm. my hair and just didn't want to be the real me. And then it started getting more emotional emotional stuff I covered up with eating disorders. And so I started, you know, um, with anorexia when I was 12 years old. And then I got sent to my first treatment facility when I was 13. And then after that, I wasn't willing to get help. So you can't help what doesn't want to be helped. Mm. And um, so I really, I started, and then I went on to bulimia and then self-harm came into the picture. And so I just kind of took out my anger all on myself. And then came the drugs. I started, you know, with Xanax and then, you know, dabbled in weed. And then by the end of it, I was shooting up meth and crack. Wow. At what age? Uh, 15. Okay. So so let's back. I mean, when you said that you were covering up your anger, anger about what? I had no control in my childhood. Um, I was raised in a family of alcoholics. Mm. My mom, uh, my dad, my real dad left the day that I was born. And then my mom was a raging alcoholic until I was 10 years old. And my stepdad, my first stepdad was abusive, but I don't remember much of him. And then uh, my second stepdad was really abusive and he was the father of my half brother. So I was really angry at, mostly towards him. And I had a lot of resentment towards my mom because of the way that I was raised. And she never protected me. I always felt like I had to protect her. When did you start to realize that, God, this is a mess? I mean, because your life kind of, I mean, in all honesty, it just kind of turned into a mess. When did you realize that? And I guess the follow-up question is, well, so what were you going to do different? Well, I realized that my life was a mess when I was admitted into my second rehab um, nine months ago. Mm. I didn't think I was that bad. I really didn't. And, but I couldn't walk. And 
I couldn't speak. I couldn't hold a conversation. But you didn't think you were that bad. I didn't think I was that, that bad. Yeah, isn't that I funny? Know. I can't walk and I can't speak, but I'm not that bad. I mean, yeah. Well, I hadn't I hadn't slept in about 13 days when I was admitted into rehab. Wow. So when you look back on that now, yeah, and exactly. How do you how do you look at it now? If you had to describe where you were then, it took me about four months to really realize how bad it was. Mm. You know, even after the come down. And after two months in rehab and two months here, I still didn't think that anything was wrong. And I chose to live in denial. And then after, you know, some counseling and everything that happens here, I've had so many people talk to me and help me open up. And that was a mm. huge thing for me. I never opened up as a kid because I was just afraid of getting shut down and rejected. Wow. So I realized it was time to change. And... It, it takes it takes yourself. You can't want to change for anybody else. You have to want to yeah, yeah, change for yourself. Yeah. And you have to really have a motivation. You know, I have this box, and it's – I call it a relapse box, and mm. it, I keep little memories in there. You know, I have a picture. When you open it up, it has a picture of my mom and my brother, you know, and it has little letters that mm. I like to keep. So whenever I feel like I am falling back into that mindset, I have to pull myself out of it, yeah, you know, and you yeah. can't do it alone. That's the hugest thing. You can't do it alone. You need people in your life. You need your parents in your life. You you need friends. But it, but it seems like you were spending a lot of time trying to do it on your own. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, I was the most independent person I knew, but it was independent to the point where it was self-destructive. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... You come to Heartlight. Yes. Kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, poor choices and, you know, just kind of, it was kind of like, okay, I want something, but I don't want something. I want something, but I don't want something. Right. I want help. I don't want help. Mm-hmm. Then it changed. Mm-hmm. What changed? It really was just a true heart change because, to be honest, I um, I went home on break. Mm-hmm. And I had the chance to do drugs. And then I never in my life felt guilt or Mm. anything. I never in my life had second thoughts about doing something that would give me a rush. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had these images in my mind of just like, do I really want to go back to that? Do I really want to start all over? Because I know that just smoking a little weed, I can't do. I'm an addict, you know? And... Doing a little bit, you're gonna you're gonna lead yourself right back to the bottom, and I've already hit rock bottom. So you make the so you, so you make that decision. You come back and you go, okay, I'm gonna do things differently. I'm gonna do things differently, and I'm gonna really get to the root of everything that tells me why I do what I do and why I have the thought process of. Okay, what did I it have. did it change like in counseling that people were asking you a million questions and then it moved to you asking the questions? Yeah. Or was it? All this stuff I've been bottling up just starts spewing out. It was kind of a mixture, really. Mm. Um, I had a million questions, you know, about religion, about things that I had never put my mind to, you know, um, about being sober because now I actually wanted to invest in that. Wow. And, you know, um, along the way, I had some some bottled up emotions and we slowly, step by step, worked on them. Yeah. And I learned that I need to 
free myself from guilt and shame because that was that was the messed up me. That wasn't the real me. Yeah, Nobody yeah. knew the real me until they meet me now. You need to take time to work on yourself before you can face the world with the real you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um yeah. Okay, I had, so what so what do you think was the biggest change that you saw? Other than that, what that you just go, okay, I'm this is where I'm different now. It was really just being born again, really. I <laughs> <laughs> just a little thing called that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I got to know myself all over again. Hmm. Before I was nothing and I didn't have any future with that life. Wow. You look back now with times with your mom, is has that has it changed your relationship with her? Uh, me and my mom are the, my mom is the most amazing woman. She mm. is seven months seven years sober. Wow. She is seven years sober and I can't I look up to her more than anybody on this planet. And I had to let go of my resentment and anger. And I had to voice that to her in order for me to let it go. And she had to, she had to ask for, you know, she was like, Molly, like, I'm, I'm sorry. She had to, yeah, yeah. she had to tell me she was sorry and I had to let it go, you know, and you can't hold, hold on to things and move forward because yeah. it'll just well, that, be holding I mean, you back. Yeah. If you can learn that lesson now, uh, you know, during your teens and it will change your life yeah. later, so... That's cool. Well, look, thanks for sharing your heart. These, this time goes by so fast. Mm. And, and, uh, but I know people have really enjoyed hearing kind of your journey a little bit. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, Mark. Hey, folks, if you've enjoyed listening to the interviews that I do with kids... I want to encourage you to do this. Go to YouTube, go to our channel called Heartlight Stories, and you can see the kids while you listen to them. It makes all the difference in the world. You know, there's something about putting a face with a voice, and as you watch these young people share their hearts and tell their stories, I think you'll enjoy watching them and and seeing their expressions, the way they engage, uh, and perhaps the way that they respond Uh, and maybe learn some new techniques about how to ask some questions. So go to to YouTube, Heartlight Stories, and I think you'll enjoy the interviews. Hey, Blake, thank you for being a part of the program. It's, It's interesting to me. We have a family in crisis conference this past weekend, and you get up and talk to the parents, and, uh, and I, when I saw you walk upstairs to talk to the parents, I sat there and I thought, oh, no, I can't <laughs> believe we're going to use him. I mean, I was just going, are you sure this is a good idea? And at the end of it, you know, parents were coming up to me and said, that's the best that I've ever heard a young person speak. And so thanks for being a part of the program today. Yes, sir. Tell me what was going on in your life before you came to Heartlight. A lot of it was just like... I let myself believe like that everything I was doing was just like a regular lifestyle, just drugs and not going to school, not really caring about anything in life. Hmm. And just, I really thought I was like, you know, this is like the life for me. It's, wow. it's, I believe that it was okay. Cause I was born in like, and raised in a very Christian household. Yeah. So, and it got to the point where like 
every, you know, we were forced to go to the church every Sunday. And eventually it just got old and I turned against it and I hated it. Not like I didn't hate God, but I just hated going to church and everything like that. So yeah. then... Well, um, what, did, what did, you know, I think that's interesting, but what did church then represent to you? Why you hated it so much? I mean, it wasn't just that you had to get up on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. or Saturday night or, you know, whenever yeah. you go, but what was it that, that was hitting you? I think it was just like, I'm supposed to be like these people that are just like holy and they do everything right. And it's just like, it kind of created like an, a standard mm. that I just never lived up to. Yeah. And like my parents thought like, I mean, that's, that's how it's supposed to be and stuff like that. And they really wanted that. And I just never, I never lived, lived up to it. So when you would go to church, then how would you feel when you were there? I hated it. I was just sitting there and like, I really just despised like everyone. And I I tried to sleep through every church service I could. And <laughs> well, I mean, but, but you were feeling something, you know. I mean, th- those are the things you did. But did the church make you feel bad? Did they? Yeah, for sure. Like it, it made me. It definitely made me feel bad about myself because they like the way my pastor is. He's very like modern, mm. and he's always talking just about like how we can change and go and help like everyone outside of the church. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I'm not doing that, so yeah. I don't like, I don't know what I'm really doing with my life. Wow, wow! Yeah. So you end up coming to Heartlight. Yes, sir. Was that a surprise? Uh, yeah, my parents tricked me on it. Did they? Yeah, because my well, my dad, you know, he works for the Boy Scouts, so he yeah. was like, we're gonna go look at uh like job interviews in Dallas, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I thought like, I don't know why I thought like that was a thing. You think he was just scared that. If they told you you were coming, that you'd turn uh, around and run away or I something? I would have, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I've, if I would have gotten, like, any hint of it, I would have been gone and yeah. just stayed somewhere until I was 18. Wow. So they didn't even really say anything until we were right over in the parking lot. And, <laughs> and they go, welcome to Heartlight. <laughs> yeah, cause, I mean, I saw the signs. I saw Heartlight, like, and I was like, what is this? And they didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, heck no. Oh, wow. I was like, no. Nah. Wow. Okay, and then I mean, you, I, we don't need to describe everything, but I mean, you, you get to hard light. It's kind of a battle the first few months. I mean, yes, you run sir. away a couple of times. You get yes, arrested. Uh, you get thrown in the county jail. You, you know, I mean, and there were times that we were sitting around, kind of scratching our head, going, you know, maybe this isn't the place <laughs> for this guy. Yeah. What changed? What What clicked inside of you that you just went, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's got to be different. Um. I think it was the second time mm-hmm. that I went to jail, like, because the first time was just like a weekend thing, and I was like, you know, I can like going to jail just for running away. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, you know, like it's three days, I can deal with it, and then the second time, I was like, okay, you know, I can be in here for like a couple months now, mm-hmm. and that's when it really hit me, and I was just like, you know, things have got to change for sure. Wow. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go in this lifestyle, and then like. Everyone in the cell, because it's a, a big cell of 24 people. So I was in there with, like, 23 other guys wow. just that were doing crazy things. And then they were saying the same thing. They were like, you know, like, this stuff is just not for me. Mm. And I was like, okay, you know, like, that definitely it has got to say something. If, like, they've, they're have they out here doing, like, way crazier things than I am, and, and yeah. they still know that this life is not for them, I, that's when I started praying a lot. And I was wow. like, you know, I want, like, I was like, God, like, I just, this stuff, like, it's terrible. It hurts. And I was mm. like, I don't want it. I don't want it to be in my life anymore. I don't want to have to think about, like, all the stuff I did mm. that I, like, that yeah. made me a screw up. 
everything I was praying, like it came true. Like I got to talk to my parents and mm. like, I mean, my dad was, I mean, he was tough on me at first. Cause like, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, it cost him like a, a good little bit of money to bail me out and all that stuff. But it was just, it, it was crazy. Wow. Wow. So now I try to I try and live and read the Bible every day and pray and all that stuff. So. Yeah, isn't it isn't it funny where you felt rejected that you come back around to those things? What I mean now as you look at that, even you know spiritually where you're mm-hmm. at, um, what lessons have you learned or just by yourself? I mean, you were sleeping through church one time. Now you're now something's turned on and turned around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just learned like. From a lot of people here, especially, like, it's just about the relationship mm. with God. It's not about, like, all these rules and standards you have to meet. Yeah, yeah. That's just, like, how, like, how you are with God and, mm. like, how he has entered your life and everything oh, like that. And wow. then I just started having a relationship with him and things have they've been good. When you look back at, at the stupid stuff that you were doing, mm-hmm. do you go, man, I was doing some stupid <laughs> yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean... Yeah. How do you look at that time? I'm just glad it's over. I told myself every day, I was like, you know, this is like, mm. it's okay. And then, I don't know, it just got to the point where like, I was like, no, nah, this is, it's not for me anymore. Like, like I'm I'm convincing myself that like, it's okay and everything like that, but it's not. Yeah, It's just, it's dumb and it, it leads me back into this same like hurt. And you think everybody really knows that in, oh, yeah. in their core for sure messing yeah. they really know that mm-hmm. it's just hard trying to figure out how to get out of it sometimes yeah. you know yeah so. for sure I, like everyone everyone knows what they're doing wrong mm-hmm. like no one's really like they're not dumb yeah they, they just do. like i they think do. everyone convinces themselves like oh like you know i'll do it they want whether they want to be cool or just do it for like the money aspect i think anything. a lot of people would get to the point where they just finally say yeah, I know that I'm going to quit one day, so I might as well have fun now. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm going to, but I know I'm going to quit. Yep. I know I'm going to be different. You know? I did that all the time. I was like, like it doesn't matter. I can quit this. I can quit like whatever drug I was doing. And then I got to the day where I was like, all right, I'm going to quit. And then I was like, no, nah, like I don't want yeah. to. Yeah. Like I'll wow. quit when I get a job when I grow up. Nah, this is not going to happen. Okay, so the million dollar question: Where do you, where would you have been had your parents not tricked you? To come to Heartline. Um, well, because I stopped, I stopped going to school and everything, and I had like two credits left to graduate high school. Wow. So I don't think I would have graduated high school. I'd probably be like on the street right now, somewhere, just like selling drugs and smoking all the time. Wow. Just like wow. in my head, like, oh yeah, like I can live this life. Like it, I had to get snapped out of it for me to realize that yeah. it, yeah. it wasn't a good life. So. Probably just doing those things, just hating, like hating everyone, hating God, and just, wow. just not in a good place in life. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you realized some stuff, you know. And I think, I think life has just an amazing way of pushing you to that mm-hmm. point. Yes, I mean, Heartlight, you know, people go, oh, Heartlight's done this for me," and I go, "You know, I, I don't know whether it's Heartlight that does it. I think God does it mm-hmm. in the hearts of people." And, and yeah, for uh, sure. We just happen to create the atmosphere for it to happen. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being a part of the program today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. 
For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.